Blog Talk Radio. TB, how's it going, man? It is going good. Fall is in the air. And lots of good news coming out of my hometown today. <laughs> it's been, as, it's, as, it's, as it's been for the last couple of weeks here, kind of the center of a lot of things with college sports uh, right here. So I know we'll, we'll cover that, but woo! Every, every day there's something else, man. Yeah, that's going to – I mean, we'll have to start off with that because that just happened, I mean, just a few minutes ago, maybe what, maybe an hour ago. Uh, I was listening to Louisville radio shows right before we got on here, and I don't listen to a lot of them, so I don't know all of the different guys. Like, I know everybody out here in Knoxville, and we had most of them on the show, but – uh, I flipped to 790. I listened on 680. I went to 1080. I caught some Ramsey and Rutherford. Um, I think Coffee was on one of them. I don't, I don't know all the Louisville guys, but I, I can't wait to hear your reaction, get your thoughts on the reaction. And we shouldn't be surprised at the reaction, but the reaction that we expected is happening. <laughs> coming out of Louisville, so we'll get to all of that. Uh, we will get to some Kentucky stuff. We will get to this coming fo- week's football game against Mississippi State. We got Kentucky volleyball doing work. You and I love the NBA. That started last night. We'll talk about that. Uh, we got MLB down to the Final Four. We'll get to all of that as well. And there was also another ACC school that was in the news and their news wasn't news, and it's really been pushed under the rug now. A team from the Chapel Hill area that kind of skated. We've got to talk about all of that. But we got to start with Louisville. Back-to-back days, there's been back-to-back dismissals with Rick Patino, Tom Jurich. And if y'all want to jump in with us, of course, it's always 845-277-9373 at Cat Talk Wednesday on Facebook and Twitter. Feel free to jump in with any questions or comments. Uh, I have my ugly mug on Facebook Live. We got some people joining there. I'm going to put the link up to the full show. So, hey, everybody on Facebook Live, how y'all doing? Um, but we got to hit this Rick and Tom, Tom and Rick, Louisville situation because, man, it's just it's just coming. News is coming out faster than we can keep up with it. 
Well, uh, officially, like you said, roughly about an hour or so ago, uh, the Board yeah. of Trustees for the University of Louisville. Can you hear me? Okay. I just want to make sure. I know we had some issues. So, uh, Well, the Board of Trustees decided to, to fire Tom Jurich with cause, which I thought was a little bit unusual. Uh, this past Monday, uh, they let Patino go, uh, Rick Patino go, with cause as well. Uh, so not to get all bogged down in the legal ramifications, but that just means uh, they're basically saying we've got grounds to fire you and we're not paying you your money. That's that's where uh, the, the university came down. Patino, it was unanimous decision, uh, board of trustees. It was 10-3 to get rid of Jurich uh, today. Uh, so there's just a, a lot going on. As you said, nothing is a real big surprise. I think you'd be to the point where the majority of Louisville fans are ready to move on. You and I have discussed at length all the issues going on. We won't rehash that today. But what I have long proposed is with all the issues that they've had at UofL, somebody had to go. Somebody big had to go. Uh, we've talked about other issues at other universities where a big name had to go. And we got to that point now where both Patino and Jurich had to go. Uh, there's still, I think most people, I'd say 90% of fans, Louisville fans, would say Patino had to go. That was a got to go. It's more 60-40 on Jurich. Jurich has a lot of defenders here in town and because he's done a lot. He's done a lot of good things. Uh, when he took over, uh, Louisville's not the program that it is today overall. I, I think they've done a great job moving to the ACC and, and all that kind of stuff. Facilities are state-of-the-art all across the board. Uh, when you look at the way the program was to the way it is now, Church was tremendous. But <laughs> it, you, know, you have to look at the bad with the good. And with same thing at UK, uh, at Louisville, men's basketball is the is the that's the the flagship program. That is really what the athletic director and the and the the, the, the men's basketball. And and like you said, is a ton of good has been done. You know, as far as what an athletic director is supposed to do as far as hiring and did he find the university? Did he, is he going to leave it better than he found it from that standpoint where Louisville is now compared to what it was, you know, 20 years ago before he got there. And I was listening to some of the college. You get a lot of that was everything he has done. It was a commuter school. Look where it is now. Used to come to the parking lots and they were full of gravel. And when it rained, they'd be full of mud. Look at all the improvements. And you mentioned all of the good that has been done, but the blind eye continues to be, you know, he, he's fiery calls. Well, why? And that kind of wants to be pushed aside, and we just want to keep pumping up all the good things he's done. Um, one of the callers called in and, and was talking about. Uh, and the host, we're talking about well, these decisions 
concerning Patino and Jurich are being made by an interim president, an interim athletic director. We don't even know these people. Well, why are those decisions being made by an interim president and an interim AD? <laughs> What's been going on to have put you in a position to have interims at both of those positions? And that kind of gets glossed over because we're just too busy pumping up everything good that he's done. So that's kind of the surprising reaction, even though we knew that's what the reaction was going to be. And that's that's kind of where well, they are right now. Absolutely. And, and basically it comes down to follow the money. And we've talked about this before. You can't say you're the most profitable program in America if you can't pay your bills. Right. And, and, it came down to what really, I think, did Jurich in more than anything else. Of course, the scandals, of course, the uh, issues with uh, the basketball program. There have been other things. Uh, they've had to settle other cases uh, within the athletic department, uh, not just men's basketball. There have been other issues. But the biggest thing is money when it comes out. Uh, I think what really hurt George with a lot of folks is uh, his compensation package. You know, two cars. He, he's a member of three exclusive country clubs here in town, uh, Valhalla, where the PGA Tour uh, makes frequent visits, uh, taking care of all that expense. Well, I mean, you, you can do that if your program is self-sufficient. And I, I and when it came out that he's making $5 million a year, more than twice what the number two athletic director in the country is making, are you kidding? What? Even if you say he's, he's the best athletic director in the country, which I think is very debatable, really? Really. Yeah. He's more valuable than uh, uh, Gene Smith at uh, Ohio State? Really? Uh, you know, or even like Stanford's athletic director, and they field teams in everything. So once that stuff kind of came out, a lot of people just said, we have to clean house. They did it on the academic yeah. side, which is why, as you point out, there's an interim president there. Uh, most folks are saying, um, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's about time. And, and I know it's going to be rough. It's going to be ugly. Uh, Patino and Jurich, I think, will drag this thing out. They want their money. I get that. Uh, but it's just going to be a bad look for the university. Now, all that being said, and I know we got some guests coming up, let me be clear about yep. this. <laughs> UofL will be fine. In the short term, it's going to hurt. Long term, Louisville's in the ACC now, so they're, they, you know, they're a Power 5 conference. The facilities are there. They're not going anywhere just because Jurich is leaving. Yum's not going to get torn down. Patterson Stadium for baseball is not going to get torn down. And as much as some Kentucky fans don't want to admit it, Louisville has a name. It is a top 15 program, uh, athletic program in the country. It, it, it just is. So take this hit, whatever punishment the NCAA will dole out, Louisville will be back. Men's basketball will be back. This is not a death sentence for U of L at all. So I think they will definitely bounce back. And I want to, you know, and we'll definitely talk about it more after our guests and, and might get their opinion on it too. 
Uh, speaking of our guests, they'll be on in a couple of minutes. Had them on before, and we'll have them on again if they're willing to come on again down the road. Uh, always fun talking with them. We got the Kentucky Taste Buds coming on at 615. Uh, they were at Big Blue Madness, so we'll get their thoughts on that, as well as where they've been lately and what fare they've been sampling, some of the good food they've been taking in. Uh know they were always though, at the football game as well, the Missouri game, get their thoughts on what's been going on and what all they've been doing. So it's always fun talking with them. And it's just cool that they're not too big for us, TV, because they've been on all the shows, been on TV, doing it big, and they've blown up, but yet they still are gracious enough to come on Cast Talk Wednesday. So you gotta got to tip the cap to that. Absolutely. You know, they talked to, to uh, uh, Josh Hopkins, you know, uh, Kentucky's own, who was on Cougar Town and has done a, a whole lot of things. So, yeah, they're, they're, they're big time. They're still going to come on yes. talk to us, so that's awesome. And let's bring them on right now. And they are big time, but they still made time to catch up with they, the lovely ladies, Tamara and Lee. That make up Cat Talk Wednesday. How are y'all doing? And welcome to the show, ladies. Hello, guys. How are you all? Doing fantastic. We are good. We are doing wonderful. And is Tamara on? I didn't hear her on there, so I didn't know if she made it or not. No, just we just got you right now, Lee. I thought, yeah, me. <laughs> She's making me fly solo. She should be calling in any minute. I apologize, though. She may be oh, okay. running around. She's oh, always right. doing this uh, court recording stuff, and some she gets caught in traffic and everything else. So hopefully she'll dial in in a second. Okay. How are you guys doing? We are doing good, doing good. Um, I've missed you a couple of times here lately at some U.K. events, and hate that. Big um, Blue Madness, the Missouri football game. Saw y'all's tweets from there and, and wasn't able to get up with you and just say hello. But uh have to definitely catch you again at a event at a ball game in the future. Yes, definitely, because there's plenty coming up. So we sh- it shouldn't be a problem for us. Absolutely. Now, when, at, the, at Kroger Field, because we know for those who are just listening for the first time to catch the Kentucky Taste Buds, you ladies travel all over the state just trying out different places, trying out good food, getting recommendations, giving your opinions on places that you go. Uh, go to, you know, you all said it the very first time you're on with it's kind of like Guy Fieri without the budget. It's kind of what you all are doing. And it's cool. <laughs> the website, <laughs> kytastebuzz.com, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, that's where everybody can check you out on social media. But when you go to Kroger Field, do you kind of go to the same tailgate where you know there's going to be some good food, or do you kind of venture around and and do the same thing at the tailgates as you do when you travel around the state? Do you kind of roll around and, and just kind of see what catches your eye? What's your approach at football games? We do. When we first started off the season, we thought that would be a great idea, and we made two mistakes our first time out. It had been a while since we had been tailgating, and we decided to go for cute, as opposed to functional, and that did not serve us well because we had on the wrong shoes that day, particularly me, and we traveled around that whole daggone place, and by the end of the night, I almost had to be carried away on a stretcher because I didn't have those right shoes on. So 
But that was our first approach. And uh, the second thing that we did is we thought it would be really cool to get some cookies, make some cookies, put our little stickers on them, and deliver. Because when we go out and do things, we like to be hospitable. That's kind of the way we do things. And we go around from tailgate to tailgate, and we were delivering cookies. And we got to meet a lot of people that way. And uh, we also uh, go out on Twitter and Facebook and the different social media sites, and we shout out and and ask people, do you want us to stop by? Because we would love to visit you guys. And so we've had a lot of invitations and received uh, fun things that way. And uh, we've gone from red lot to blue lot to purple lot. Uh, there, I don't think there's a lot we haven't visited yet. But that's really our approach. And at the same time, um, just trying to visit who we can when we get an invitation because we really, really like to connect people. That's part of our favorite thing. Well, that's we got Lee Roach with us, one half of the KY Taste Buds. Check them out at kytastebuds.com. So that's that's kind of the best way to do it. Like you said, you go from all the lots, kind of roam around, and 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 like you all do, you uh, make deliveries and are hospitable as well as tailgating and seeing what everybody else has to eat. You guys are bringing people some good stuff to eat yourself. So it's kind of a mutual exchange going on. We're trying. We also have a set of friends of ours that have uh, been held up in the blue lot there for a long time, or the, excuse me, the red lot. And so we uh, visit them every tailgate. We never miss because you got to visit your friends. I mean, that's part of tailgating is to um, travel back to people that you remember and that you love to connect with during the ball game too. So what about you guys? Do you guys get out and do much tailgating? We do. Tell us, what's your I, I plan, TB? You go first. What 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 I do is, uh, you know, coming in from Louisville, which is always fantastic. There's always a caravan up 64 from Louisville to Lexington on game day, so it's awesome. So, uh, you know, when you're covering the games, you're not allowed to no, – no cheering in the press box. So when I'm tailgating, I've got my Kentucky stuff on, but I do a quick switch when I have to go up to the press box. Uh, but I've got some friends. They've got the RVs and all that kind of stuff, and uh, I enjoy kind of stopping, uh, you know, hanging around, doing the show. Uh, there's a little bit of notoriety. I think we talked about this last time, Vinny, where, you know, people, hey, you do Cat's Dog. Hey, you do Cameron. And uh, I'm like, yeah, sure. That's Let me cool. have a sample. Yeah. So, so, I get to, so I get to sample <laughs> a little bit that way. That's not go. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I but I don't tailgate a whole whole lot because they start serving food about two hours before kickoff. So I like to get inside and 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 go that route. But I do a little bit of tailgating. Definitely got to do that. Yes, yum. We got our first recognition <laughs> out uh, at uh, the game, and uh, that was weird because someone goes comes up to him and goes, "You guys are Kentucky Chase buds." And we're like, "Oh yeah." So that was kind of cool. That was that's been our first and only experience out where we've noticed that to the point where somebody would come up and talk to us. So that was really neat. And the I think the word camera I, is here with us now, so I'm gonna I'm gonna bring her right on into the conversation. Now we got the full tag team combination of the KY Taste Buds, Tamara Schneider and Lee Roach. How are you, Miss Tamara? And welcome to the show. 
I'm good. Thank you so much. I apologize profusely. I hope I don't get fired from Kentucky Taste Buds, but uh, <laughs> I, was doing, I, I was doing the mom thing, you know, I'm doing laundry. I'm trying to clean up the kitchen from dinner. I'm thinking about a million other things that I got to get done today. So I'm sorry. I apologize. How are you guys? We are doing fantastic. And Absolutely. she's safe, right, Lee? She's okay, right, Lee? Or is it really going to be uh, some consequences after y'all get off the phone with Yeah, uh, you know what? I think she's uh, covered my back a few times, so I think we're good. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I was trying to stir some stuff up. That's right. That's right. Through thick and thin. I, I cut Vinny slack uh, because we've had a pretty good string <laughs> of non technical difficulties. So. <laughs> so I've cut him some oh, time on that end. Yeah. That is very true. Very true. Um, Cameron, we were talking about, you know, just how you guys, of course, you know, new listeners, filling them in and catching them up on how you all go around the state, uh, trying out different restaurants, giving your opinion, taking recommendations on where your next destination might be, and just kind of, see how that correlated to how you did at tailgates. Did you go to various different places? Did you have certain ones that you always went to? Did you get new ones like that? But I want to shift gears with you because this past weekend you made your first trip to Big Blue Madness. So I definitely want to get your thoughts uh, about what you saw at Rupp Arena because it was, it was my first time there for Madness as well this past weekend. Oh, it was. So then you know, like, that is the premier event. And I can see now why people will actually camp out, take vacation days, camp out in cold weather, warm weather, whatever kind of weather, to get tickets for this thing because it was electric. It was exciting. Um, I loved it. I loved every minute of it. I think it's a well-put-on production, and that's exactly what it is. It's a production. Uh, but I love being able to see um, the the cheerleading team and to see the – the dance cats and to see the women's basketball program and the men's basketball program. And you get to see all of that in um, one place at one time. And they just go boom, boom, boom. The crowd's fired up. Uh, The light show was fantastic. Uh, I'm not sure exactly how they do all of that or at what cost, but for um, big blue nation, man, that's, it was just incredible. I loved it. Loved every minute of it. I did too. And, I mean, I always watched it on TV. You know, I thought, you know, that's cool. You know, one year I'll go, one of these times I'll go. And personally, I always liked the blue-white game, which is actually coming up this Friday, because they actually played more basketball. I mean, the production was always cool. You know, the dance and the light show, Cal giving his state of the BBN address, seeing all the new freshmen come in, seeing what recruits were there. That's cool. But then going there, it was even better in person than it was on TV. What's Matthew Mitchell going to do, you know, and he's done almost everything, but yet he still has something every year uh, to bring to the table. So it, it was a whole lot of fun, and we both got to scratch it off our to-do list this past weekend. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I love it. It's over the top. It's loud. <laughs> it is fantastic. It is ridiculous, but – it's my exhibit A when I tell folks there's nothing like Kentucky basketball. Nothing. You know, no. we, we talk about people taking vacation days, they're camping out, and the whole camp out is now a thing. And 
it's it's not even a practice. It's a it's a it's a light scrimmage where you just get to see the the players on the court, and that's about it. But it's fantastic. It's twenty five thousand people excited for really not a lot, but it's it, it's awesome. It's awesome. <laughs> I, I I love it. Uh, I miss it being at midnight, but I, I love the production uh, and everything that goes on uh, with it. Well, I go almost – I don't get to go almost every year, but I've gone quite a bit. And I'm not kidding you. Every year they start playing the Jumbotron and the music and the flashlight. Every year I almost get tears in my eyes. I'm such a baby when it comes to that stuff. I, I, I feel cat pride to the core. And uh, th- in that environment, I just love it and the cheering. And me and Tamara are up there dancing. I'm sure there's a lot of people asking us to sit down. Uh, but we didn't care. We just kept at it. But, I mean, what about Drake coming out? You know, I'm like, how cool is that? And making that announcement, we're going to hold him to it for that free concert. And somehow, someway, I want to get to that concert. I don't know how that's going to work. But, I mean, I'm just like, we touch so many people even outside of our state. And uh, I just, every year, they seem to outdo themselves. It's just awesome. Right. You've got the y'all recruit. Can, y'all can pass there. for students. Y'all can pass for students with ease. No problem. Y'all can get oh, right I love you. I'm not sure if you saw our dance moves. They, they may have easily not thought so, but. Go ahead, yeah, Tibby. I can jump, that, man. Well, that really, you know, you've got the recruits, the, the current team, the, the old timers that, that Cal brings back. And that's the one thing the last, like, six or seven uh, of these Big Blue Madnesses. Madnesses? Well, well, I'll go with that. Madnesses? But Madnesses, <laughs> I'll go with that. Is, Is your mom taught English now? Ju- what is? Uh, yeah, she taught That's right, absolutely. But Cal gets it. I, I, yeah. Cal gets just everything about Kentucky basketball. Cal gets. Even more than, I think, uh, Patino uh, during his heyday, Cal just gets it, and he just knows what the fan base needs, and he gives it to him. Like he, instead of, you know, I don't think Tubby really embraced it, but but Cal feeds the the craziness. Like he 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 gets it. I guess I'm gonna leave it said that he just he just gets it, and and everything he does is right on point to fuel the beast that is the Big Blue Nation. Agree. He, he does. Yeah. And he, he does. You know, he gives that speech, and you get so inspired and so excited about UK basketball. I mean, that man could sell snow to the Eskimos. Like, he is a salesman like none other when it comes to uh, basketball and getting the, the fans and the players both on the same page. And it's just, I was blown away. Um, of course, now I'm going to expect that kind of uh, service every time I go because. We had the hospitality suite. We had the blue carpet. And uh, so I'm ruined for life on attending the game in any other way. I expect blue carpet so, and uh, free food. So did you guys walk the blue carpet? Did you guys get to walk the blue carpet? I did not. I, I, I was a little not. bit later I was, getting there. I was, not, I was not there this year, uh, but I did, watch okay. it, uh, okay. I did watch it televised. But I okay. last year I was able to do that. And, and kind of be involved and, and soak it all in and be down there on the floor and just and, – and Vinny knows, I've said this often, Rupp Arena, the physical space isn't really that special or unique, 
But what makes it special is the stuff that's happened inside it and, and the fans and everything and just being there. I enjoy every time I go, but the Big Blue Madness is just – it's ridiculous. It's like, a, it's like a revival. That's what my mom called it. It's like yes. church <laughs> revival. And, and, and Cal gets on there to deliver his sermon to get, the, get everybody uh-huh. all fired up. And I yeah. think that's a, pretty yeah. good, that's a pretty good thing right there. That's a great analogy. Well, and you, I'm sure we'll you never end up walk conversating with people. That's right. That's you, right. You, yeah, the conversations you have with whoever you're sitting by, from wherever part of the state they're in, you know, you end up knowing them by the time the evening's over. Uh, it's just like you said, the atmosphere and just the the complete vibe made up by the people and the players and coaches all combining. And I didn't mean to cut you off. You said you'll never walk into the carpet again. What were you saying? Oh, I was just going to say, I'm sure we'll never have an opportunity to walk a, a real, you know, red carpet or anything along that line. But the blue carpet should hey be now. But Don't say that. <laughs> yeah. We had now. a uh, funny experience, though, because when we were walking on the blue carpet, you know, there's the, the mini paparazzi of Lexington and people sitting out with cameras and, and there was a guy standing there, an announcer with a camera and a microphone, and he's and, and of course big wigs are walking in and they're getting introduced and they're talking and they're filmed. And I thought, holy cow, are we going to get up there and have to say who we are and speak? And that's going to be embarrassing because people are going to be like, who are you and why are you there? And uh, <laughs> so I'm nudging Tamara and I'm like, okay, if this comes about, you're doing all the talking, just so you know. I'm like prepping for this <laughs> moment, and Tamara's good on the spot like that. And sure enough, we start walking the carpet. Everybody just puts their cameras down, their microphones on their heads down. We no cameras flash. We just walked right in. So I'm like, okay, that was good to know for my ego that <laughs> we were nobody special. Wow. Nobody, everybody knew we weren't anybody special, and we just walked that carpet oh. as fast as we could. So that was pretty funny. Man, <laughs> being all hard on yourselves like that. Like I said, <laughs> the last time y'all were. The last time y'all were on, or time before last, the meteoric rise, and that was before y'all were on with uh, Bill Bryant and Barbara Bailey. So I'm, you never know. The next thing probably is red carpet. Hey, I like your way of thinking. <laughs> and it does seem like a million years ago, but, um, you know, we have to remind ourselves that we just launched this endeavor back in May. And uh, we have had many, many privileged events to attend we've had tons of great food to eat um we're really excited for the fall we've done all kinds of crazy things um already and we just you know we just need to get more stuff on the books we need people to submit their ideas to us at kytastebuds.com on uh, facebook twitter instagram tell us what they would like to see us do where they would like to see us go and eat and um, the latest thing is, of course, we're coming up um, this Saturday, the 21st. We're going to be out at Wilderness Trail Distillery in Danville. They're having a chili cook-off contest um, and some other events out there, the proceeds of which I believe go to the Kiwanis Club in Danville. And if you haven't been out to that distillery, it's a beautiful facility um, on very picturesque rolling hills of Danville. Lovely, lovely. And um, so they have asked Lee and I to be guest judges along with Nancy Cox, Larry Vaught. Um, is that the only other judges, Lee? I'm, I'm Rod Bromley so. is also going to be there. Yes. Wow. Yes. Yeah. Rob Bromley. Yeah. 
And so yep. we're going to yep. judge some chili, and we're really excited about that. And uh, we've got people talking about how they like their chili. I don't know if you saw the Twitter thing about somebody had told us about eating peanut butter with chili. And uh, we tweeted about that <laughs> the other night and got some really interesting responses. So keep it coming. Keep the ideas coming. And we're just really looking forward to doing some more wild and crazy things. We're going to try to I, I focus a little bit because – I'm sorry. I saw the Twitter vote with eating chili and peanut butter, and I, I put my vote in for that. And you're gonna have to convince me because I'm I'm just not I'm not conceiving that just off of reading, <laughs> picturing chili and peanut butter. You just you just give me those two. I'm not picturing how that's gonna jive. So I had to vote no, but I did uh, <laughs> see you guys put that on Twitter. Um, and also, you mentioned, you know, going to Danville with Larry Legend. Uh, tell us about that and some other things on the site, too. Tell us about the hot brown sauce from a few weeks ago and also the uh, Matt Cafe Challenge so people can go to KY Taste Buds and see what that's about. Tell us about what's going on with those things, too. Well, Tam, do you want to talk about the hot brown sauce? Yeah, I'll talk about the hot brown sauce. That was really neat. Uh, we had a, someone reach out to us, a friend of a friend, and she said, I've got this friend that is making this stuff out of his kitchen, and it's really good. You need to try it. And I contacted him. His name is Patrick, and he set me up. We met in a parking lot. I felt like we were doing a drug deal of some sort because he was at work, and he works at a bank, and he came out into the parking lot, and he, I'm like, do you have the stuff? He says, yeah, I've got this stuff. <laughs> and uh, so he hands me this jar, and it says Kentucky Hot Brown Sauce. That's the name of their website. And they've concocted it because everybody loves to eat a hot brown, but you usually don't make it at home for yourself if you're like me because you don't want to make that Mornay sauce, the cheese sauce that goes on top that makes it so good. So he has developed this recipe, and uh, I tried it out. What I did with it was made mini hot browns. So I took some phyllo dough. You can get it in the, um, it's already pre-shaped, in like little mini muffin tin shapes, and filled that with um, diced ham and turkey and topped it off with that Mornay sauce, or it's not Mornay sauce, but the cheese sauce, the hot brown sauce, uh, bacon, you know, crispy. I like my bacon really crispy, and little diced tomatoes, and made mini hot browns as like appetizer. So, so good. There's so many different uses for that sauce. You could use it as a dip or with crudite, as Lee and I like to you know, both about we like our crudite. And uh, so anyway, that was really neat, and I would never have known about that if not for someone reaching out to us and saying, hey, we've got this product. We want you to, you know, try it and see if you like it and, and talk about it if you want to, and, and that's exactly what we did. So go to that website, get you some of that uh, if you're here in the Lexington area because that stuff is the bomb. But y'all just do all kinds of cool stuff, stuff nobody – thinks about or knows about, and it's just right here, right here under our nose, right here in our backyards, and y'all kind of go and unearth that kind of stuff and then let everybody know about it. Uh, what's the McCafe, McCafe Challenge? I didn't even, only, hadn't even heard of that. Well, well, McDonald's reached out to us, of all people, and uh, said, listen, we're trying to launch our McCafe products, and we would like you guys to come in and sample our different flavors. So we went into their Cades Creek location, which is uh, owned by a female operator. She owns six 
uh, McDonald's here in the local area, and we're, and we're, of course, we're always girl power, so we thought that was fantastic. But we went in, and they had this display of different McCafes, and I'm a huge coffee drinker. Tamara's a huge coffee drink drinker, but I'm typically just, I like my coffee black. I'm not a frills person. I don't want to spend a million dollars on a cup of coffee. I don't want to wait five hours in line for it. I don't need you to know my name when you serve it to me. I'm just kind of low maintenance <laughs> that way. But at the same time, you know, every once in a while, I like uh, something a little fancy or something tasty. And so we thought, okay, well, we'll give this a, a try. So we went in there, and they had this silver platter filled with coffee beans. If you look at our blog at kytastebuds.com, you'll see the display they had ready for us. And we tried several different versions. We tried their straight kind of black espresso, which is the Americana. And you can put cream in that or not. It's totally up to you. But, I mean, it's a good cup of coffee. And a lot of times I don't, you know, I'm running out, and I'm running my daughter to school, and I I don't have time to grab something before I go. and And she wants to stop and get a biscuit. So, that's usually my go-to. I'm going to get the Americana, and uh, it, it's just an easy drink, or if I need some coffee in the afternoon. But then they started introducing us to this hot caramel mac- macchiato, and they have an iced version Ooh. and a hot version. And I'm not an iced coffee person, but let me tell you, this was like drinking uh, either a chocolate milk or a caramel milk. I mean, it was delicious. And they also have their cappuccino line, which has vanilla and caramel uh, cappuccino as well as their caramel and uh, chocolate mochas and they you're going to get some caffeine which uh, is the point but you're also going to get a delicious flavor and some of them have this whipped cream and I mean it's literally like a milkshake it's so yummy so if you haven't taken the challenge to try a McCafe versus a Starbucks or, you know, your local coffee shop, I encourage you to try it because almost all of their products are about two bucks. Uh, so it's really reasonably priced. And of course there's a McDonald's on every corner, right? So you're going to be able to easily find one. And then they have seasonal things that they put out. So they just recently put out their pumpkin latte and I'm not a pumpkin person, but let me tell you, it's delicious. It ended up became, becoming my favorite so far. So um, we encourage you guys to, to try it. And they even have a uh, over-the-counter product you can buy now if you're at your Kroger or wherever you're shopping that you can get for your Keurig machine. So I've, I've been picking that up as well. So have you guys had an ch- opportunity to try it? I have not tried. I, I have the McDonald's. Uh, my wife is really big into the coffee. Um, like if I'm running out, and, and she wants one. I'm like, text me exactly what it is, so I can get the terminology right. Because I don't know the the vinte latte, you know, mocha this, mocha that. And you know, <laughs> I'm I'm the sweet type of person. You know, I want a lot of sugar, a lot of cream, I want all the frills, and give me a couple of drops of coffee. So to me, a lot of that stuff, <laughs> if it it smells great, but it doesn't really taste that good. I'm like, man, if it tastes as good as it smells, I drink this stuff. So I, you got to give me the one that's super duper sweet, a lot of cream, and a little touch of coffee, not the extra shot for this or that to make it bitter. So that's just me. 
I think you need to try it because I don't think you, I mean, I, I, again, like for instance, I really hate iced coffee because it, it usually gives an aftertaste. Um, but mm-hmm. this is not the case with these. I think they've refined the product and uh, it's definitely sugary. One of the ones that I tried, do you remember that old fashioned candy you had when you were a kid? It was like a bullseye. It was caramel on the outside and like just a lump of sugar in the middle. I don't know if you remember those, but they're called bullseye. So like a, and the like hot creamy, caramel macchiato. Yeah, yes. yeah. It tastes exactly like that. I, I kept tasting. I said, "What is this? What is this?" And it tastes just like that candy I had when I was a kid, and it was the hot caramel macchiato. So uh, it's definitely sugary. Um, it's definitely sweet. Um, it's not something I can drink every day because my uh, waistline won't allow me to do that, or it would, but my wallet won't allow me to buy all those extra clothes to support that new waistline so it's not something I'm going to do every day I'm going to stick with the Americana for the most part but uh, when I want something sugary sweet or warm it's like you know it's like having a hot cocoa and sitting by the fire it's just it's really relaxing well cool cool Um, CB you have any other questions I'm going to cut you off I'm, I'm bad for cutting you off you know uh, that's okay. I'm not going to get rid of you, but I don't do those fancy coffees. Cause I go in, and uh, it sounds like they're the people are doing their Peyton Manning impersonation when they order these things. You know, triple motion <laughs> razor Z. And I'm like, does somebody just yell Omaha? I have no idea what's going on. Yeah. You know, I like well, see, to keep I'm it simple. Uh, but I'll, I'll give it a shot. I'm the same way. But McDonald's. McDonald's breaks it down. They don't give you a hundred things to try, and it's right there on the board. Because I'm like you, I walk into Starbucks, I have no, I'm just like black coffee. They look at me like I'm crazy, and and then they're like tall, short, fat. I'm like uh, medium. I don't know. I, I, I don't know all that language. Just give me the middle size cup. I, I I don't need an extra name for the size. So I do think McDonald's. I, I think McDonald's is the coffee for the kind of the dumber person like myself. So I don't know if that's the right way to say it. But uh, coffee for dummies, maybe. <laughs> I, you're not alone. That's that's what I have to do. Like like you said, Terry, all that all that terminology, I can't. I just don't process that, and so I just I just don't dive into it to study up on it to learn what which does this, what mocha that, turbo vinte, lot. You know, I just don't. I just I just the, don't the dive into that. Big Miss and Little Miss, my girls, they have their own drinks at Starbucks. Like, I'll take them, and they'll <laughs> rattle it all off, and I'm like, I, you know, whatever. Daddy, you got to try you're, this. I'm like, I don't even know what this is. Do you all understand? You're raising those girls right. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So what is next for y'all? What's coming up next on the site, and what are some events that are on y'all's radar uh, in the near future? So like Tamara mentioned, we obviously have the chili cook-off coming up, and we're also in the market uh, for finding a haunted house or a haunted trail. Uh, I'm telling you right now, I do not like to be spooked. I don't like to be scared. I'm one of these people that thinks that if I'm walking through a forest with you know, a bunch of people that are going to jump out and scare me. I'm thinking, what if there's a crazy guy in there somewhere? You know, what if there's a crazy guy in there and he's going to, you know, that fake knife is really going to be a real knife. But we're going to do it anyway. We're going to face our fears. And uh, our kids are dying to do this. So they're, we're going to take our kids and they're going to be the brave ones for us. Um, 
We're going to do that. And then as Tamara had mentioned, uh, we've got some more games. We've got the Tennessee game coming up. Now, that's going to be huge. Um, But we're also going to be looking for some things to do this winter because this time of year, everything starts to get cold. It gets dark early. And a depression kind of sets in. It's a seasonal depression, and it's really easy just to stay in your home and not go out and just and, and do nothing. So our goal, and we'll be, be look on the lookout for it, is we're going to start coming up with a list of things that we recommend that people do that they would not typically do in the wintertime. So we're going to try to get creative with it, and, and we're going to try to do things like, different besides you know go to a movie i think everybody knows to do that and we're going to look around kentucky and see what things we can find to get people out of the house so they don't feel the seasonal depression and Tamara, i don't know if you want to add to that but no i think you're you're spot on and uh so my wheels are turning and coming up with some ideas for things for us to do and um you know and then you, you'll get into the holiday shopping and we'll probably do some you know talking about what good Christmas gifts you can give to people, um, Kentucky Proud products that you can send to your out-of-state family and things like that. So uh, just lots lots to think about, lots to um, talk about. Be checking our website, and if you're not already a follower on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook, get yourself on there and follow us um, so you can be in the know on all the cool stuff that we're going to be getting into. Exactly. And, of exactly. course, KY Taste Buds. On Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, I'm going to be covering the Tennessee game, so I'm going to find you all before I go up to the press box this time and say, hey, uh, and won't, I won't miss out on that like I did last time. I went up there too soon, and I saw y'all tweeting, and I was like, oh, man, they're here too. So I will find y'all and say, hey, before I run up to the box for the Tennessee game. That sounds awesome. good. That's going Please to be a little there. challenging because you all know during the Florida game, we could not get one tweet out. We could not get – uh, messages out, so we might send some smoke signals to you so you can find us. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. Well, we definitely appreciate y'all continuing to come on our show, even though, like Terry and I both agreed, y'all are rising meteorically and are big time now, rubbing shoulders with celebrities and superstars and, and carpets and stuff. Thank y'all for taking the time to still make time with Cat Thought Wednesday. Thanks. Well, you Anytime. guys are the first to reach out, so uh, we'll never That's forget right. that. And, look, we ain't getting paid any money for this, so we're not big time as you think. So. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> we work for free. We understand That's that. Right. We understand yeah. that. We sure do. Well, we sure appreciate y'all, and have a good rest of y'all's Wednesday evening. All right. You too, guys. You too. Thanks, we'll guys. see you soon. Thanks, ladies. All, All right. right. That is Tamara Snyder and Lee Roach of Kentucky Taste Buds. Continuing to do it big, continuing to find great foods to eat and things to write about, fashion, food, fun, all of that is on their site, kytastebuds.com, and it's always fun when they come on the show with us. Absolutely. I mean, uh, and like I said, you know, they had just recently, uh, what should you say, May? Is that what Lee said? They started this about May, and they have really taken off and, and found a niche, and, and, and that's fantastic. That's that's what it's all about. And, uh, you know, we've, we've met them uh, several times and, and, and had some good interactions here on the show and, and other places, and 
they are lovely ladies. I will I will definitely say that. Definitely, definitely. We appreciate them coming on. We'll take a quick break, get back into uh, some more of this Louisville stuff. But we still got, of course, UK, Mississippi State, uh, Kentucky volleyball. We got some bullfighting going on in NBA TV. Um, and we got the Cowboys at 49ers this coming weekend. So uh, our two teams will be nogging heads. Neither one of them are playing that great, but it's still Cowboys and 49ers. So we'll talk about all oh, yeah. of that and a lot more. We'll take a quick break now. Listen to Cast Talk Wednesday, Vinny Hardy, Jay Brown, Brown and Hardy Radio Network, blogtalkradio.com. Stay right with us, y'all. We'll be right back. Shooting, you had six guys in double figures, three guys over 20 points, 
and they went in there and beat the champs. So uh, only six losses at Oracle Arena for Golden State over the past two years, and the Rockets have two, have given them two of those losses. So just had to get that in. Uh, you knew it was coming. <laughs> I just wrote an article about it on CaramillsRadio.com. Uh, check it out there as the Rockets now play Sacramento tonight, 10 o'clock Eastern, as they will face De'Aaron Fox, Scala Bissier, Willie Collie-Stein, the rest of the Cats, and Sacramento Kings. In the second night of a back-to-back for Houston, first game of the season for De'Aaron Fox and the Kings at Sacramento. So the Rockets looking to go 2-0 and on the young season. Um, but, man, I'm going to kick it over to you for if you want to talk a little trash about your Niners or go back to Louisville. Or we got to mention UNC not getting any discipline. Uh, MLB playoffs, October is that time of year where everything's going on at the same time, and you you never are at a shortage of topics. Well, uh, this this I think this will cover a lot of bases. Uh, it, it's been talked about for years about the NCAA. Usually, it's fans complaining some kind of enforcement, either too heavy on their team, too light on another team, kind of the, the NCAA is trying to find its way. Uh, we know that a lot of their rules, the whole mythos around the student athletes based in 1950s jargon and all that kind of stuff. What we have here with the scandal that's rocked uh, Louisville and other places, uh, with the FBI being involved, and with the North Carolina case, the NCA is going to have to make some fundamental changes if it's going to continue. We laughed when years ago Coach Cal mentioned that the NCA, uh, that schools would, could break away and form their own entity, which is a little bizarre since the NCA is formed by the schools anyway, but that the NCA more or less had outlived its usefulness. And that's really where we are right now is the NCA is just outdated as far as whether or not you think players should be paid. The enforcement arm of the NCA is at best arbitrary at worst. Well, it's just arbitrary. Uh, <laughs> right. With with the with UNC, basically, uh, from what I've read, they just said this this is not in their purview. This is not in their wheelhouse. The academic fraud is not something they can address because it wasn't just athletes that benefited from the fake classes. Well, that to me just sounds dumb because you look at Penn State. Nothing Penn State did or didn't do is covered under the NCAA guidelines. But the NCAA still stepped in, set that four-year ban, uh, postseason ban, got it knocked to two. And that had nothing to do with NCAA policies, but they felt this more obligation to step in and do that, which I thought, you know, something should happen to Penn State, but that seemed a little bizarre because, NCA, what are you doing? Well, it let Mark Emmert, President of NCA, and those folks stand up and say, oh, you know, what's going on? Penn State is horrible. And they're able to grandstand. And Penn State really initially had to take that punishment because of all the other stuff. 
But now, flash forward a few years later, this UNC situation. And keep in mind, UNC is not saying they are. They have gone past the denying all this stuff has happened. State classes going back to the '90s with UNC athletes. They're not denying that. Their whole argument is just right. saying the NCA, you can't do anything. And the NCA said, yeah, you're you're right. Well, if if the NCA can't do that, what's to stop every other member institution from setting up paper classes, putting some quote unquote yep. regular students in it? What there's 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 nothing there. NCA is all about precedent. There, there's nothing stopping those schools from doing it. Uh. What North Carolina was running into as far as their accreditation, which is a huge issue for a university, you know, they were actually put on probation with that on the academic, on, on the academic side. I mean, that, that's an issue, obviously. But as far as athletically, they, they let the NCAA just let Carolina off the hook. And I knew when all this started, they were not going to hammer North Carolina. Like, I, I just you – know, I, I I knew that was not going to be the case. I did not see it being. I mean, give us something—a reduction of scholarship, something—but it 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 was just toothless. So in a short period of time, with the FBI investigation to college basketball, the NCAA's ruling on North Carolina, the NCAA is at a crossroads, and I know that they are getting a committee together to to look at whatever. The NCAA's got to make a determination. They, they've, they've got to because there's this notion of, and if you look at the NCAA and the schools that they do hammer, it's always the second-tier school. Unless they have a slam-dunk situation, they don't hammer the Kentucky, really. They don't hammer North Carolina, really. I mean, yeah, they're hitting – uh, Louisville pretty hard, but they kind of have to with, inf- with yeah. all the evidence and information they have. Uh, yeah, they hit Miami uh, football, but come on, man. And Specter Clouseau and Mr. <laughs> Magoo could have could have gotten Miami Hurricane football in the 80s. My God. I mean, I mean that, that's, a, that's a give me case. The same way with, you know, FMU uh, so what we're going to see going forward, and I, I've kind of rambled a little bit, but long-time listeners know that's what I do. We're, we're, we're going to see schools be tough with the NCAA. We're going to see schools stand up because a lot of Louisville people, and I tend to agree, you know, Louisville fell on their sword with the uh, Katina Powell situation, you know, uh, when the allegations first came out, they did a, a self-imposed postseason ban they were cooperative and i agree a lot of people are saying wow what did it get us they're still going to get hammered that banner is still going to come down so so why not just in north carolina the thing that upsets me the most is their defense changed as the investigation continued the funny thing about north carolina is what they argued to the academic accreditation agency is a different defense than they gave the NCAA for the athletic stuff. That's what upset me a lot about that. But moving forward, 
the NCA has got to have some substantial changes to the way things are done. They, for whatever reason, it appears that they are anti the student athlete when their whole purpose yeah. is to take care of the student athlete. Uh, even, and I'm going to go back a little bit to the, the Derrick Rose situation. And I know people are say, oh, I'm a cow guy, whatever. But Derrick Rose went through the clearinghouse twice and was cleared to play. No new evidence surfaced, and then they retroactively made him ineligible because he wouldn't talk and, and, and you know, the, the particular people around the situation wouldn't talk to him. Well, you can't do that. You, you can't, you know, you can't, if you were speeding on the highway, Vinny, and you're, you're speeding, you know you're speeding, you pass a police car, you check your rearview mirror, oh, he, he, didn't, he didn't get me. And then a month later, you get a traffic ticket in the mail that said, Mr. Hardy, you know, on uh, October the 1st, you were speeding along the highway, here's your ticket. That doesn't make any sense. It just doesn't. Whether or not you did the crime, you can't do that. I mean, that's so. Long story short, there's going to have to be. It's going to be a big change, or you're going to look at a lot of different schools that are going to say, "Wait a minute, what? Why are we even in the NCAA?" Your big name schools are saying, and, and Kentucky could say it, Texas, your Ohio State, North Carolina, maybe UCLA, some others say, "Wait a minute." We can do our own thing and not have to not have to give in to it. So it's going to be very, very uh, interesting to see what changes the NCAA makes because they have to. They absolutely they, – they have to make some changes to bring them into the 21st century and get out of the 1950s handbook that they're currently using. Definitely. And just – one thing on North Carolina, and I ask a question about Louisville, and then we might <laughs> branch on into something else. I, I mean, I remember, and you might remember too, you know, watching North Carolina play, uh, you know, early 90s, you know, 12, 13, 14 years old, and they'll flash a player up. And, and the major was African-American studies. And I always thought, I thought what is that? You know, and this is, this is 20, 23, 24 years ago. Like, what in the world is, what kind of major is that? I mean, I remember wondering about it back then. And, of course, now we know what we know about it and the purpose it serves or didn't serve as far as actually teaching anybody anything, but what they used it for for decades. Yeah, and, and, and that's it's just a – yeah, yeah. There's there's a there's a lot to, to digest with, with North Carolina, uh, and I, I'm right there with you. Yet when they they don't do that anymore, I don't think. Where they used to they used to be pretty religious about putting up uh, like the the major on there. Because I'm with you, I, you know, I'm, I'm yeah. your age, a little bit older, and I remember that used to be a thing. Mm-hmm. And I would sit there and watch with my yeah. dad, and he would say, "What even is that?" Because there will be some other kind of dubious majors, 
You're like, what? Mm-hmm. And you just, because I remember, I can't remember what the major was, but back in the mid-90s, me and my dad watching uh, old Keith Jackson, you know, on ABC, uh, used to do all the big games. You know, oh, Nelly, and, you know, whatever. And <laughs> there would be some majors, you know, and then I went to, when I went to UK, I'm looking through the, the big six, you know, course book. I'm like, is that, that's not even a major that's offered anywhere. What is that? So, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you on that one. Yeah. And one thing, you might have heard about it with all this stuff coming out of Louisville. When I was flipping through the different, you know, excuse me, different shows, um, the callers kept saying, you know, first of all, they're bashing the board, and we are talking about it. it's an interim board now, uh, 10 to 3, it wasn't unanimous. They kind of had issue with the fact that they voted and moved to fire time jurors, and then when they came out, they didn't really address the media, they didn't really ask you questions about it. So they were up in arms about that. But you kept hearing that, you know, the host, the caller, that they're turning it into the University of Kentucky at Louisville. It's UK at Louisville now uh, because the interim AD went to UK, Vince Taya, um, and they're talking about Matt Bevan supposedly being a Kentucky guy. And, of course, there's some Kentucky fans that think he's all about Louisville. But what, where, what is, what is that even about? Try, they're trying to turn it into UK at Louisville. I mean, that's an that, assertion or accusation well, that I kept hearing a lot of today. This has been festering since a lot of this stuff continued. Is that apparently there are uh, quite a few folks uh, on the Louisville board with Kentucky degrees? or whose spouse went to Kentucky. So there's this factual Louisville fit, and I can't even say this with a straight face, that believe mm-hmm. that it's an, in, it's an inside job, like these people got into these positions for the sole purpose of damaging U of L. So, it, and let me address that. That's dumb. That's fake moon landing. That's that's a conspiracy theory. Yeah. That's a flat earth kind of uh, situation. That, that, that's right. Anybody, you're from Kentucky. Anybody can tell you, look, when it comes to, you can be a fan, but when it comes to college, you get in where you fit in. You know, there are tons of Kentucky fans that go to EKU, Moorhead, Western, Murray State, Georgetown, whoever, Kentucky Wesleyan. That, that doesn't mean anything. You know, there are yeah. folks that, you know, I, I've told people, you know, I'm born and raised a Louisville fan. I switched when I went to Kentucky. was not my intent, but, you know, I'm glad I did make that switch. But there are a lot of people that went from Louisville, went to U.K., stayed Louisville fans, and came back to Louisville. So this, this whole mindset that, oh, these people are just trying to screw U of L. Look, this in, in you know – which leads me to something else. You know, Dick Vitale is our guy. He, he's come on the show. He called me and you. He said we were PP peers. Yeah. Love Dick Vitale. Yeah. But Dick mm. Vitale is, he is the Pope of the church of the coach. When mm. we talk mm. about mm. putting coaches on, the, he is the Pope of that church. 
that he will never find anything wrong with a coach. It's kind of like John Gruden and quarterbacks. Never going to say anything bad about a quarterback. Gotcha. You know, just not going to happen. And defending uh, Vital has defended Patino like nobody's business. His whole thing was it's a rush to judgment to get rid of Patino. Look, man, look. Nowhere else in America would Patino even still be the coach today. He wouldn't even made it this far. People, for whatever reason, a lot of these Louisville fans are digging their heels in. Look, the whole situation with Patino and the woman that was not his wife at the Italian restaurant some years ago, yes, I know he was extorted. I get that. But I firmly believe that had that case been televised and people could actually see his testimony, reading it is one thing, but actually hear him have to explain under oath what he did, that would have been a got-to-go situation, right? And then the whole Katina Powell situation, and then on top of that, the FBI, this this isn't just a tattoo thing they're trying to get rid of Patino. This isn't just – this is a pattern of embarrassment to the university. And, and it just – it blows my mind that when you say it's a pattern of this, and this is the last – well, may not be the last thing, but – if you believe what Patino said about Andre McGee and the Katina Powell situation, if you believe he had nothing to do with it, if you believe that he was done in by a rogue assistant, if that is his thing that he's holding on to, and some people are buying it, if you believe that your your job was put into jeopardy by uh, somebody that works underneath you, wouldn't you put the fear of God in everybody else that works for you that says, we're going to do this right? You don't get to play dumb twice. You, don't, that, you can't right. do that. Yeah. You don't get to play, I don't know. If, if he believed that Andre McGee had done him wrong, then he's got to sit down with every assistant, every student manager, every player, every office staff person, the UPS delivery man, right? You yeah. have to sit down and say, we, we can't afford even the appearance of wrongdoing at this point. Right. And for him to not have done that, and for an assistant, I don't know what's going to happen with this FBI investigation, but you cannot let that happen. Because now it's a got-to-go situation for you. And I know he gets no benefit of the doubt. None. No. And George has to go for giving Patino the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Because believe it or that's, not. And that's what they don't, that's what they don't get. They don't, that's what they don't see. Little fans are cool with Rick, man. They're done with Rick. If the guy that let Rick's stuff develop and grow into all this stuff all these years, the guy that allowed it is still infallible in their eyes. He's still a saint. That it, it can't be that way. 
And, and look, I get it. I'm telling you, driving the U of L's Big Misses Middle School is right next door to uh, U of L's Belknap campus. Right there, right, right there on Brook Street, right there. Okay. Driving there, I remember when I was in high school going, like you said earlier, it's gravel. They had the big old silos there on 65. It just looked like the remnants of the Industrial Revolution were right around U of L's campus. There's a train that goes through there. It's just, oh. I mean, and now with Jurich and, 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 you know, they made improvements to the campus academic. Uh, uh, academically, and there's it, it's a totally different revitalized campus. I, I get it, but I'm just saying you're Louisville. It's never been about one person. Look, you're in a good conference. The facilities are there. The fan base is going to be there. It's more than just Tom. It, it and really, it has been more than just Tom. That's what I want our U of L brothers and sisters to understand is you're going to be okay. You know, you're not and some flash in yeah. the pan situation. You're going exactly. to be fine. They, they, they like the the university's gonna end because Jurich is not gonna be there. Your forty ers won, you know, four Super Bowls under Bill Weiss. Bill Walsh, I think, are three. However many won under Bill Walsh, Seifert won another one. Seifert wasn't Walsh, but Seifert came in and won one. Harbaugh gets them there. It, you know, I don't recall, you know, 49ers going just crazy because Walsh wasn't going to be there. Uh, Jerry Jones removed Tom Landry. Cowboys yeah. fans didn't care for that. It wasn't really cool. Maybe, I mean, Tom had been there 30, 28 years. It's probably time to go. The way Jerry went about it probably wasn't cool. And, you know, people were upset about that. That Tom won two Super Bowls, went to three more. But it wasn't like, what are we going to do? Oh, my God, it's not. it's the end of the world. Jimmy Johnson comes in, and next thing you know, four years later, you win two more. And then Switzerland came in and won another one. You can move on. You know, these, you know, Joe Torrey left the Yankees, and we saw what they did in the 90s. And here we got the Yankees about to get to the World Series. If they keep up, they're beating Houston right now, four to nothing, trying to take a three games to two lead. We'll talk about some baseball in a little bit. But. Yankees fans weren't just like, oh, my God, Joe Torrey's going to leave. It wasn't this sense of panic and just clinging to what he did for dear life and being scared to move on. Now, sure, they didn't have all these scandals going on that Louisville had either, which is more reason that you should be cooler with parting ways if you see the need to. But, look, the Yankees are ahead of schedule. They're fixing to be good again. They weren't even supposed to be doing this this year. They're a year or two ahead of schedule. Might make the World Series this year. Might win the World Series this year. Playing in the ALCS, so I just don't get the 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 angst and, and the sheer panic just at the thought of Tom Jurich not being there. Like he is sixty years old, he could have just retired at some point. 
But unfortunately, this stuff led to him having to be forced out. He, at some point, it was going to be a new AD coming in there. You know, he could just retire it because he's 62 years old and got plenty of money if he felt like it. And, and the thing is, look, there's other people out there. They, Tom Jurich came from Tulsa to U of L. I, I told my good friend Ralph, there's probably another guy at a Tulsa or, you know, Mitch came from Oregon State. There are up-and-comer athletic executives that you can go get that can take your program to the next level. You're not locked in to just one person. Trust. Trust that the Louisville brand is bigger. You know, Crumb, great run. I still think he's one of the most underrated coaches ever, uh, Denny Crumb. But he left. And the program didn't miss a beat. Look at Kentucky. Look at let's look at Kentucky. And we've had Mike Pratt on, who, who talked about. And if you talk to some, if you listen to some older uh, folks, they will tell you how bad it was when they started talking about putting Kentucky on the death penalty. It was bad. I don't think people, you know, write. Our, our age or, or younger Fully appreciate how bad It was Right And we had to clean house oh. and Bring in Patino and, and change the athletic director And you're thinking how do we get back You get the right people in And you can bounce back It's, it's not difficult It's going to be a rough stretch You got to take your medicine But you can be back yeah, So I, I think we've kind of covered I think we've covered that, but I, you know, uh, it's a, it's a big yeah. deal, and it's still going to be ongoing. There's going to be uh, Patino is suing Adidas, uh, yeah, for for, for damage to his reputation. Oh yeah. God, ain't that yeah. rich? So, ain't that rich? <laughs> man, we'll be, say, we'll be talking about that Nelson. next week and the week beyond. Oh yeah, so there's going to be some legal stuff come out from it. But I think on the court, on the field, and this is dumb too. This I'm noticing this on social media. This this Louisville fans want to boycott their own teams as as a sign right. to to Jurich, which is counterproductive. Those kids, the the athletes, the coaches, they're going to need you now more than ever. Now is the time where exactly. you say to yourself, you know what? I'm going to go to a sporting event I haven't been to before. I've talked to people that remember when the team was on probation, the Kentucky basketball team, that 14-14 and 14 season. I've talked to people that have said some of the best crowds they've ever had at Rupp Arena were during those times when the team was just outmatched and outgunned, but they went and they cheered anyway. And you know what? There's that infamous game where they beat LSU with Shaq and Chris Jackson and Stanley Roberts. This is a time that the student athletes, that the coaches need you, Cardinal Nation. Don't boycott. Go out, get these kids that that have committed to the program that you profess to love. 
They're going to need you. It's going to be rough. We're going to see that. A couple weeks ago, Louisville at NC State, the football team, and the NC State crowd is chanting FBI at them. They're the football team. They're not the <laughs> basketball team. But all of their teams are going to get it. That, that's just, it, is it right, wrong, whatever? That's just the way it is. Your, your squad, your team is going to need you now more than ever. That, that, that's just the bottom line. Now's the time where you say, I'm Louisville first, Cardinals forever. Put Louisville first and celebrate your team. Support your team. Definitely. I just get so uh, upset because people are acting like they're just you – don't, you don't have a Tom Jurek shirt on. It says Louisville. Go Cards. You throw your L's up. Right. You claim that you're Cardinals forever, prove it, and I'm done. There were people talking about, you know, they're not going to spend another cent on, you know, pizza, not giving anything else to Papa John. If they go to the game, they will make sure they eat before they go, and that way they can uh, support, you know, the kids without doing anything extra and things of that nature. Just hearing all kinds of, of things like that. Um, so it's just it's just crazy, um, and it just happened today. So we know we knew we spent a lot of time talking about it, and we have, but uh, we can slide on over to some UK talk. And, and let's just go and talk about the volleyball team who's been having a good year anyway. Uh, Hunter Mitchell is kind of the guy for Cameron Mills Radio that writes about it, tweets about it, covers a lot of their games. And they were having a great season anyway. And then they go down to Gainesville and knock off number one Florida and kind of smack them around. Three Games to one, uh, won the first two, so they were sitting there with a chance to sweep them on their own O'Connell Center court uh, and take down number one ranked Florida, uh, which I mean is on the SEC Network Sunday, and I mean that's just just unbelievable for Coach Skinner and all the players there, and you always talk about it, we always talk about it much more than basketball. Had Dwayne Peavy on, him and Mitch uh, Barnhart, the entire plan of action of improving everything across the board. It's taken effect. It's been in effect for a while. They're seeing the results, and this was just another uh, result, another part of the process. Um, and we, the golf tournament, the men's golf tournament, winning another tournament, just continues to go on and on and on. And it's all part of the solid foundation that they built for revenue and non-revenue sports. Yeah, you know, I, I got into it with some Louisville fans because, of course, they think that Kentucky fans want Jurich gone so we can be competitive with U of L. And I'm thinking, well, we already are. You know, we finished 10th in the Director's Cup. And I, I, I got all this information. I can send it out because they always say, well, it's your rifle team. You know, that's the snide remark. Well, they don't even count rifle team in those standards. Well, it's your gymnastics. Well, you know, that's not it either. Uh, but across the board, as you're pointing out, volleyball, I know their most recent ranking was number eight when they took on number one, so they've got to be up there. The, the golf team has won back-to-back-to-back to back to back 
And I know Jurich gets all the pub, you know, the year of the Cardinal and all that. But quietly, quietly, Mitch Barnhart has put together a pretty complete athletic department. Competitive on the field, competitive in the classroom. Oh, and at the end of the year, one of the few athletic directors that writes a check to the university. It can be done. You can do things the right way. You can function as you're supposed to function, as, and we're seeing that. Uh, it's all catch everything. The NBA tipped off. 27 former Kentucky Wildcats leading everybody in that, in that stat. Uh, oh, wait. And if you watch the NFL, it's not like there's not a, a lack of former cats in the NFL either. So um, the the work that the coaches and the student athletes and the administrators have put into the athletic program at Kentucky, it's paying off. We're seeing the fruits of that labor, and it's fantastic. I mean, you can yeah. you can barely turn on anything and or, or see something on your feed that a, another Kentucky team or uh, We've got the, the male swimmer of the week this week for, uh, uh, on the swim and dive team. So it is all catch everything. It, it really is. Uh, you almost can't keep track of all of it. You know, and this is with the women's soccer team having kind of a down year. But from fall into the spring, uh, it's amazing. And, and we haven't even talked about the five and one Wildcats. Right. We haven't even talked about that. <laughs> I mean, yeah. The 5-1 football team. Hour and a half in. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I know you covered the Missouri game and, 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 and that uh, kind of close win, but they're 5-1. and one. And I wrote a piece on Cameron Lewis because I, I got tired of hearing people talk about, well, we should be 6-0. and Well, we should have beat Florida. At some point, you got to let that go. Because I don't want to have an eight or nine win or ten win season and still have people harping on that Florida game. Yeah. Everybody, everybody drops a game. Alabama has lost in the regular season to Ole Miss a couple of years, but they still always end up playing for a championship. Like, I mean, everybody has that one game that they just look bad, they should have won, yada, yada, yada. Because I say that because I still hear people talk about last year's team and the Southern Miss game. Well, you know, if we had beat Southern Miss, it would have been X, Y, and Z different. <laughs> Are you – what? <laughs> you know, going to a bowl game, beating Louisville on the road in the fashion that they did it, finishing 4-4 four and four in the SEC, and it had been 30 years since we finished 500 or better. And you still want to go back to the Southern Miss game? <laughs> Conceivably, the Cats could mirror their record in the second half. It's not outside the realm of possibility for them to finish 5-1 and one, uh, in the second half and get 10-2. and two. It's not crazy talk. When you look at who they have to play, what, Vanderbilt? Uh, and, I, and I, let me just preface that by saying I'm not counting my chickens for the hatch. I know you still got to play. Right. I get all that. But, mm-hmm. but Vanderbilt, right. Ole, Ole Miss, Tennessee, and you know what the dumpster fire is at Tennessee right now. 
But, t- but Tennessee, Louisville? I mean, they just let Boston College come in and, and punk them at home. Yeah. So we've got a second half of the season where we can beat Tennessee for the second time in 30-plus years, beat Louisville for the second straight year. You throw in a Vanderbilt and an Ole Miss win, and, you know, hopefully Mississippi State this weekend, they're looking pretty good. And I know Georgia's looking tough, but you know Georgia has been known to have some stinker games too. So <laughs> I just want to let Florida stay in the past. And let's focus on the right here and right now. Well, you know, they're not winning by enough. All the games are close. But they are winning. If you're a Kentucky fan over the age of 15, you have seen them every game they've won this year, they could have lost. We've all seen it. We've all seen it. So <laughs> be happy with where you are. That, that, that's my thing with football. I know, uh, you know it's, it's going to be a tough one at Starkville. I think they're still a 10-point underdog, uh, last I saw. Yeah. But I still – I like my team. They were an underdog going to – uh, South Carolina, I, I, I with a week to get healthy, I, I'm I'm liking what I'm seeing. I am too. And over the summer, of course, this was this was the one I picked them to lose. And of course, I always hope that you're wrong. Uh, had them going six and zero. Had them beating Florida, and they're one point away from that. So that's why, even at one and zero and two and zero, there was still that feeling among some that you felt like you were zero and one and zero and two because you were playing down to the competition, games are closer than they should have been, things of that nature. And I had them getting by Florida and stubborn their toe for the first time against Mississippi State, just because it's such a tough place to play. And, you know, we've seen tough games that go both ways before. So I, I had them pick to lose when we did our picks, show. Uh, the bye week came at a perfect time. You mentioned Missouri, how that was a close game uh, once again. And that was just simply, you know, Missouri is always good offensively. Their defense has trouble, but Missouri coming off a bye, Kentucky in bad need of a bye, and it showed. Uh, You can tell we talked about it the Wednesday before the game. Hopefully Kentucky can just get through this game and get a win and not mentally be having the bye week before the game starts. You know, we always talk about the pros in the All-Star game, the last game before the All-Star game. Mentally, some guys are already on that vacation that they're going to take, or they're already mentally in the city where the All-Star game is going to be. Kentucky got through the Missouri game and got to the bye week, and you saw guys dropping like flies all throughout the game. They were beat up before that game started and got beat up as the game went along. Saw Chris Westry leave. He didn't return. Marquez Pringle left. Didn't return. But yet they were able to gut it out and hang in there and get the win. 
Missouri found some success through the air. They started hitting Kentucky with some deep bombs, quick strikes. Um, their running back, Witter, had a good game. That's the most yards Kentucky's given up on the ground all year. And so it was like just just try to survive and get the win and move on. That's what they're able to do. You kind of didn't feel quite as bad when you look at the first half and Missouri kind of picked up where they left off at Georgia. You look up and they're throwing deep bombs on Georgia just like they did Kentucky. I'm like, well, okay then. I mean, <laughs> Georgia didn't just shut them down. Georgia blew them out by a larger margin in the second half, but they were going toe-to-toe with Georgia for a while just like they did with Kentucky. So the bye week does come at a perfect time. Uh, they were able to retool, kind of get healthy. Sounds like they found the offensive line they want to go with and have the guys at the guard and tackle spots that they want to go with. And we've seen Steven Johnson just win on the road. We've seen him just win against favorite opponents. So I definitely like their chances. It is going to be tough to win down there. It always is. But, you know, we look at the second half of the schedule, we don't just automatically look at losses they're going to take. And we said at the beginning of the year, they can be in every single game. That's where they are now. And that's the way it's played out through the first half of the season. Yeah. If anything else, what the Florida game has has taught me about this team, the talent gap is, is close. As, as far as Kentucky playing against SEC competition, the talent gap, at least so far, hasn't been there. It, it, you know, I, I said this about you know Louisville. The gap's not as wide as you think, and mm-hmm. it, it was they were the better team against Florida. So I get that that urge to say, oh, you know, we we let that one get away, but you still have games to play. Yeah. You can't just mm-hmm. shut it down. It, you, you've still got things that you're able to do. And if Kentucky is able to get to eight, nine, ten wins, boy, that's a, that is a very good, that's a very good season. And you, and, and you have to keep your eye on that goal because if you do that, you beat Louisville, you beat Tennessee. Those are, are two big games that you want to have. Yeah. You dropped to Florida. I get that. But there's still things that you can accomplish, and uh, I'm looking forward to that Georgia game because I'd be interested to see how the Cats are going to perform. It's not ridiculous to think a trip to Atlanta might be up in up in the air. It could be at stake right there. So the Cats can make some noise. Granted, like you're saying, they've got to put the work in. It's not going to be easy, but it's there. It, it is there for the yeah. uh, for the taking. Absolutely. Um, put out a Twitter poll on Cast Talk Wednesday. A couple of different ones, just about the ALCS and the NLCS. Uh, as far as the NLCS, uh, some to the effect of are the so are the Cubs dead, or will they? Will the Cubs live to fight another day? Because they're down three zero to the Dodgers. 
and it's kind of basically yes or no on the poll, you know. Yeah, they'll bounce back or no, the Dodgers will have it. So we can uh, I'll check that, find that, and see what votes we've kind of received on that. And the second one was will the, uh, will the Astros regain control of the series? Because they started out 2-0, won both games in Houston, get to New York, and just like the Yankees did against the Indians, the Yankees bounced back and went two in a row and are currently winning game five. Last time I looked, they were up four to nothing, so they're on the verge of going up three games to two. But I put a poll out on both of those uh, just for the MLB vibe. Uh, hadn't talked about it yet, but it is down to the Final Four win the championship series. So go ahead and vote on those. Go to Cast Talk Wednesday on Twitter and put your vote in. That will be up for a while. Uh, and I'll tune in and check the score and all that. So I had to throw that out there. Uh, NBA last night TV, earliest opening night ever, two weeks earlier than normal. Use this the 31st, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd of November before we have opening night. Moved it up a couple weeks to kind of reduce the amount of back-to-backs that teams are playing and kind of reduce the tendency of teams wanting to rest players, especially when it's a primetime game. Towards the end of the season, we saw Cavs Warriors, and it was, you know, 10, 11, 12 men on the bench starting from both of those guys. Everybody was kind of taking a page out of Greg Popovich's book, and the NBA is not really wanting that, especially when it's a primetime television game. So you had two games last night, Cavs and Celtics, no, Celtics and Cavs, rather, and going in, all the focus was on, of course, you know, the trade, you know, Kyrie's returning to Cleveland uh, to face his old team. And before he got back to Cleveland, he popped off, and every time he turned around, he was kind of dogging Cleveland out as a city. And Boston is a real city, and Boston is more diverse than the culture here, and this, that, and the other. Everything was kind of a little forearm shiver to Cleveland, Ohio, where he came from. So, you know, so you're saying that Cleveland isn't culture. So you're saying Cleveland is not diverse. So you're saying Cleveland's not a real city with all these statements that you're making. After winning a title, getting to the finals, you know, for the third straight year, you played an instrumental part in winning that title, and now you want out and you don't want to play with LeBron. You want to go somewhere else and kind of beat him out on your own team. Trade works out to go to Boston. They also acquire Gordon Hayward, and so – now, you know, Danny May, uh, Danny Ainge has had all these moves and picks and trades, and he's just kind of been piling them up. So he finally unloads them and, and works out the kind of squad that he wants. And five minutes into the game, just a gruesome injury for Gordon Hayward. Now, you always talk about how we are old. It was one of those – Turned out he was a broken ankle. It looked like a broken leg when you just first saw it. Uh, the Cavaliers' bench reaction told the entire story um, because they just turned away. You're just horrified. You know, I go back to being, I guess, about eight years old. I was watching that game with Joe Theismann, watching it with my dad. Uh, when Lawrence Taylor sacked him and unfortunately, you know, had his gruesome leg injury. And I'll never forget 
because, you know, as little as I was, I knew Lawrence Taylor was a bad man. And to see him as visibly upset about that as he was lets you know how bad that injury really was. I also remember watching a few years later the Bengals in the Super Bowl. They might have been playing your 49ers. Tim Crumrod, defensive lineman for Cincinnati, kind of gets his ankle rolled up on, his leg rolled up on, and you see him roll, and then you see his foot not rolling the way a foot should roll. A similar situation just makes you queasy, and it's just not natural to see that. We all know about Kevin Ware, uh, Sean Livingston, um, Paul George, so and this Gordon Hayward deal is right there with any of those. And so you finally had the excitement of opening night. You want to see what Cleveland's going to do against Boston. Kyrie done popped off about, you know, Cleveland. So now it's time to play, and then they don't even get a few trips up and down the court. And this unfortunate incident takes place. So it really just sucked the air out of the building, sucked the air out of everybody because you're like, oh, Oh, because you don't – nobody wishes that on anybody. Uh, They were able to get him immobilized, and he was able to fly back to Boston with the team. Uh, And some say he might be back before the year is out. And, I mean, that's awesome if that's the case. But you just got to feel for Gordon Hayward. First time reunited with Brad Stevens since they were both at Butler, and then five minutes into game one, that happened. So just, just unbelievable. Uh, and totally unfortunate. Yeah, I, I was thinking uh, for for one of those injuries that uh, jumped out at me was uh, Willis McGahey for uh, Miami against yeah, Ohio State with Fiesta Bowl. Mm-hmm. It just whoa. Yeah. Uh, so mm. you, yeah, you you hate that. I, I think it took the the wind out of the sails of of, of Boston a little bit. Uh, because I just know playing pickup basketball and, and, and we get guys that, you know, have little bitty injuries like that. It, it just, yeah, I, I don't know how you see that and continue to play. Cause that's just going to be in the back yeah. of, 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 of your mind. So, uh, but with the season kicking off, I mean, I, I think Boston is going to have to, I mean, they're going to have to reevaluate that because uh, he was a big piece of what they were going to try to do this year. Now the season is not a waste, mm-hmm. but they're going to have to reconfigure a few things. So that that's on Ainge, that's on Coach Stevens to do that, and I, and I, and I think they will. Uh, I, I think Hayward. It's going to take some time. Uh, with any injury, I, I think it's not just the physical healing process, but it's going to take time to to trust your your body again. You, you hear that with folks coming back from ACLs and different injuries. You know, Paul George and his injury, which I thought was equally as gruesome, uh, has talked about that. You know, it'll take a year or more just to get back to to feeling like you can do some of the things that you used to do. Uh, Kobe uh, Bryant had a nice uh, Instagram post to Gordon Hayward last night about that. and, you know, Kobe's had to fight back from some injuries and, and different things like that. Uh, so definitely your heart goes out to him uh, and, and his teammates. He's got a, a long road uh, back. But that, that being said, this is a terrible segue. I like the NBA 
spreading things out. I like the NBA uh, reducing those back-to-backs. I like the NBA kind of cutting out some of that travel time. And, uh, you know, some of the old-timers, the the Barclays and some of those guys, you know, trying to call the players soft. Well, back when you and I were growing up, there weren't that many teams. There weren't as many teams as we have now. So the number of games are the same. But if you've got to, you know, fly into uh, Toronto, I mean, there's just all kinds of travel issues that uh, if the NBA can avoid it, why not? What what does it hurt to keep players healthy and make sure, you know, that you don't have teams playing four games in five nights or something like that? When you know better, you owe to do better. And, and, and that's why I'm glad that uh, Commissioner Silver and the, and the players are kind of agreed to that and the schedule is the way it is. Yeah. And – as as devastating as it was, uh, predictably, once they resumed play, Cleveland kind of raced out to a pretty good size lead. They got about eighteen or twenty at one time, but Boston rallied and had the lead, and it was a nip and tuck back and forth tight game down the stretch with. Uh, Kyrie with a shot, with a three to tie to force it to overtime. Uh, you know, LeBron had to make some big-time plays to keep Cleveland ahead to kind of hold off Boston after dealing with what they had to deal with, with losing Hayward uh, in such a grisly manner. Yeah, and, and, you know, you and I, we're NBA guys. I love the NBA, just I'll, I will get, you know, when they get the free preview weekend, give me, you know, Orlando and Milwaukee. Yeah, I'll watch that one. I, I love the NBA. Uh, so I'm I'm glad it's back. Uh, you know, at some point our my Lakers and your Rockets will play and we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. But I know this weekend is a pretty good matchup between two of our teams. And, um, you know, I, I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm feeling, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about my Niners against your Cowboys. They're going to get a win this week. They, they could. I mean, if they got any kind of, if we tell them if they bring the offense, because Dallas is not playing good defense at all. Uh, give up. I'm sorry. You score thirty points against the Rams. You follow that up with 31 against um, – who did they just play? Got beat 35-31. Anyway, you score 61 points in your last two games and you lose both of those games. That's not good. So – No. The Niners' offense is anemic. I think you made a quarterback change. Hoyer is not the starting quarterback – but if y'all can generate any kind of offense, you definitely got a chance. They got a, a stout defense. They always have, always do. Um, and just Dallas isn't playing that great. The two and three, uh, it's really a shame. I can't remember who they just lost to. But it was to the Rams and then 
Uh, I'll get it here in a minute. But coming to San Francisco, you guys definitely want to get a win. Um, I'm, you know, I'm, normally I would be laughing at that statement you made, we're going to get a win. I would be, you know, shooting it down. I'm not a big trash talker, but I would be talking trash if I – if Dallas was playing the way they should be, I would still be laughing at what you just said. But you notice I haven't laughed at all because the possibility of coming to San Francisco and losing is real. <laughs> Ezekiel Elliott has been suspended, then he's been reinstated, and he's been suspended, and he's been reinstated, and currently he has a temporary injunction to where he's allowed to play this weekend. I'm at the point now, I mean, and I mean, you can't realistically expect him to do what he did last year. You can't realistically expect Dak to do what he did last year. But I'm to the point now, if you would just let him go ahead and serve those six games, I think he would be out against the Niners, and then you would have him back. But it's going to, I got a feeling it's going to work out to where he gets suspended. After the Niners game, boom, you got six, deal with it. You're out for six weeks. And they're playing the Falcons, they're playing Kansas City, they're playing uh, a tough, tough chunk of the schedule. And, you know, if you'd already let him serve it at the beginning, you'd have him back. So it's just been a mess. It's been so much legalese back and forth there that it's just nauseating. But I am still think Dallas will win, but I'm, you know, I'm not, a, I'm not a lot really confident as I normally would have been. In saying that, and <laughs> what are y'all doing releasing? What are y'all doing releasing Navarro Bowman? I was really hoping have, we would pick him up. He, he signed with Oakland, but man, I wanted the Cowboys to get him. That would have been perfect. The week leading up to playing the Niners, I'm like, sign him yesterday. It's very weird, uh, because I, I just didn't see it coming. Now, keep in mind, he's he's been banged up. But he has made some really, really big plays uh, for us. Uh, He actually, he hurt his ACL in the NFC Championship game against uh, the Falcons uh, when we went to the Super Bowl. Uh, He made that, as he's making that play, he tore his ACL and was out, which I think really kind of changed the way they could play in the uh, Super Bowl. But he's made some big plays. Mm-hmm. I, I, um, I don't understand it. I, I still, and uh, I, I still thought he had some things he could do for the team. I'm not quite sure what the brain trust is doing, and I think I've said that for the last two or three years about the front office. I'm, I'm not sure what the move does right now. Like in, once the season has started. I don't know what's gained or, you know, what 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 the benefit is to making that that move right now. Yeah, I, I, and as banged up as he is, I would have gladly brought him on in uh, to help the Cowboys out. And Dallas lost to Green Bay their last game, which is no wonder I tried to forget it because Aaron Rodgers did what he does to the Cowboys uh, with that last second comeback with Dallas winning 31-28. He drives them down the field, and they win 35-31. Uh, 
clock management leading up to Dallas' touchdown with a pass being thrown when they should have maybe ran and ran out some more clock. But anyway, that's I just blacked out. I was trying to forget that loss to the Packers. That's why I was blanking. But uh, with Dallas having so many suspensions and injuries on defense, I mean, Rob Marinelli, defensive coordinator, probably more famously known for being the coach of the Lions when they went 0-16. Uh, and before that, he was the defensive coordinator for Tampa Bay. Uh, is a great defensive coordinator. He's turned water into wine a lot in Dallas uh, last year in particular. But you still got a lot of guys suspended. You got guys doing knucklehead stupid stuff to where they've been suspended. You got some injuries. He's never really had a full squad to work with, and this year is really kind of showing. Uh, Sean Lee's been hurt, you know, that's your heart and soul at linebacker. And he's still trying to cobble it all together, and they've just been getting torched, you know, 35 to the Packers, 35 to the Rams, which four weeks from now, that loss to the Rams might not be such a bad loss because the Rams are looking like they might be a pretty decent team. And, you know, you got to deal with them twice in, in y'all's division out there. Um, they're a lot better than they were last year, so maybe that won't be such a bad loss. But it, at the time, I'm like, you're losing to the Rams? Giving up 35 points to the Rams? So uh, if they can muster a little bit of offense, uh, I, I think Dallas will, will still be able to outscore the 49ers. I don't think San Francisco has enough offense to uh, to beat Dallas, but I know they'll give it a valiant effort for sure. Yeah, I, I, I think the, the, the Diners have been close these last couple of weeks. I think they get over the hump with, with the Cowboys coming to town. No, not coming to town. Yeah. Is, is it yeah. Dallas? Uh, okay. no, I think it's, I mean, I got the Cowboys schedule. We, no, it's at San Francisco. Okay. Yeah, it is at okay. San Francisco. Sure is. So, um, yeah, you come off the bye, you got to go to San Francisco, 0-6, made a quarterback change. Y'all's, y'all's coach is an offensive guy. So, as anemic as it's been, it's due to maybe start clicking. So, I just hope this is not the game for that to happen. You know, we can wait till next week to get rolling. Uh, then after we play the 49ers, it's at Washington, then it's Kansas City, at Atlanta, then Philadelphia. So this is probably where they're going to be without Elliott, which if you don't let him serve his six at the first start of the year, now you would have him. But I've just got a feeling he's going to be out for all of those games, and that is going to be a brutal stretch. Uh, but we shall see. Speaking of brutal, we talked about bullfighting. And our guy, Bobby Portis, we're familiar with him being SEC fans at Arkansas. Uh, we talked about fighting before with Kobe and Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan punching Steve Kerr. Bobby Portis went upside Nico Miritich's head. I guess they, they had an altercation in practice. And Miritich is out for like four to six weeks. Portis got suspended for eight games. And this is right before the season starts. They haven't even played a game yet. And, I mean, they're probably going to be an awful team anyway. But this is kind of where they are before the season even starts. So, uh, your Chicago Bulls, here we are. 
<laughs> man, but we, not, I mean, not, your, not your Chicago Bulls, but not your Chicago Bulls, but your Chicago Bulls. That's where they are right now. Uh, you know what I mean. <laughs> uh, yeah, but we've we've seen uh, fights before among teammates. I don't think it's all that uh, uncommon. I mean, uh, Michael Jordan punched Steve Kerr in the face. So, do, do, uh, do, I, I do think, Steve miss four to six? Though I don't think Steve was out four to six. Though that's because Bobby Porter's is from Little Rock, Arkansas, and those people love to fight more than they like to eat. <laughs> But I'm saying that I got family in Arkansas, so I'm saying that you, that's not the people that you want to fight. It's somebody from Arkansas. So <laughs> we had old boy trying to fight uh, so Aaron Harrison down there too that year. That's what I'm talking about. Arkansas people <laughs> love to fight, and that dude was all of five three going against yeah. Aaron Harrison. So that's all you need to know about Arkansas people fighting. So. So <laughs> uh, yeah, this uh, made this 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 made me think of Kermit Washington Rudy T. It was so bad. I was like, goodness gracious, he like Rudy T. Him, it was so bad. Out four to six, fractured jaw, concussion. Like Jordan just got black Kerr's eye, and that was it. But like you said, that Arkansas factor, I guess, kicked it up a notch. Well, and he got them crazy eyes too. Uh, Bobby Boyd yes, got some crazy eyes, <laughs> and you know, you know, he 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 was ready to scrap uh, when we beat him that year in the SEC championship game. He got a little bit chippy then. I don't know if you remember that. So I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised by this yeah. news uh, at all. Uh, I do think. You know, I, I, without having all the facts, obviously, I do think it's kind of a situation where, you know, teammates fight. It happens. It just so happened that Bobby Porter's was from Arkansas, and you know, I, I think it was a little bit escalated as far as intensity. But I, I don't know what more to, to read into yeah. it other than that. And I think the timing of it, right before opening night, you know, that's. That's just for you know, everybody's excited to play and ready to play against someone else and I think that kind of magnifies it more. And and the fact that he did, like you said, it wasn't just a little black eye or this or that. He really <laughs> he really went in on it. And if it was a sucker punch too, I don't know. That's there's rumors that it was a cheap shot, so that's what kind of put this one on the forefront more so than others inter squad skirmishes. Again, uh, he's from Arkansas, so you got to know what you're dealing with. <laughs> and, 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 and the guy he hit, where is he from? He, he's he's European, is that right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not sure where he's from today. Yeah, but somebody needs to yeah. tell him if you're having a run-in, you 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 know, you don't tug on Superman's cape. You don't spit in the wind, you know, and you don't get into it with somebody from Arkansas because those people love to fight because they're from Arkansas. Yes, that's true. <laughs> Very true. And I, can, um, and, I, it, and I can say that. I got people from Arkansas, so I can say it. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Anything that goes past 8, the next minute will be on the podcast, blogtalkradio.com slash Um 
we squeezed a ton in this evening, though. Um, with I mean, as much time as we spent on Louisville, we still were able to work in a lot of good stuff. Um, your Lakers, I guess, play tonight. They open up tonight. Yes. Yeah, so I'm going to try to catch a little bit of that and uh, and, and see how the Lakers are going to be. I, you know, I'm, I'm thinking maybe 35, 36 wins is what I'm thinking for the Lakers uh, this year. I think it will kind of be similar to last year. That, that Grammy stretch I think will, will, kind of, will kind of kill them a little bit. Uh, but, you know, I could, be, I could be wrong. I've been wrong before, but uh, that's my thing. Is Lonzo going to be rookie of the year? I've said it before, probably right after he was drafted by the Lakers, probably when he was talking about he wanted to be able to – I'm going to hold my nose when it comes to Lonzo Ball and my Lakers. Like, (laughs) yeah, he's a Laker. I'm not (laughs) – but he he probably will be. But, you know, between me and you, uh, I think our guy – I think Fox – it can really be that guy. What I've seen in the uh, summer league and in preseason, he's going to be a nice change of pace guy. And it's going to be hard to keep him out of the starting lineup because, yeah. as we've seen, he's in. Once he gets in that groove where he's really forcing the tempo, uh, I, I, I think that he's going to get. Uh, if not starting, he's going to get starter minutes. And really be able to to uh, uh, show what he can do. Now the thing is, being in Sacramento, still you know, the the outskirts of the uh, of the basketball world. Alonzo is going to be on TV, as you pointed out over the summer. The Lakers are going to be on national TV forty something times. So I think that's way what too Lonzo much. is going to. Ha- said the Cowboys fan. <laughs> we at least made the playoffs. We made the playoffs last year, so we kind of earned that. Y'all won you, like twelve yeah, games that, last year. Y'all won twelve games ouch. last year, still on TV, fifty times. Out. Yeah. So uh, that's what Lonzo is going to have in his favor. He's going to be on TV a lot. He's going to be uh, his. I think his successes will be highlighted a whole lot. So uh, it's going to. It's his to lose if I was a betting man, but I think there's going to be some other guys that are going to uh, make some noise. And, and don't forget about our other Kentucky guy, uh, Malik, who's from Arkansas, who uh-huh. I would not fight. Uh, if, if he can get into a situation where he can get into one of those scoring grooves, which is not out of the question, we've seen it. Uh, if he can get a – I don't know how long his leash will be, uh, in Charlotte, but if he can get, you know, get going, uh, I really like what what he's able to do because you and I talked about right about this time last year. Uh, it's his mid range game that really sets him apart. You know that that not you know not the three, you know not a layup, but that mid range game I think is going to be pretty valuable. Yeah. And the Yankees lead Houston five to nothing, bottom of the seventh. So they're looking to go up three to two. 
after Houston won the first two. Um, last thing, though, you talk about holding your nose while you cheer for Lonzo. Uh, we've all got, you know, players from colleges on our, you know, that go to our pro team. And in college, we weren't a fan of wherever they went. You know, for example, Jason Witten uh, at Tennessee. And the minute he got to Dallas, I was cool with Jason Witten. Uh, Montrez Harold, the time he was at Houston, I was cool with him. After he left Louisville and went to Houston, he was all good. With Lonzo going to your Lakers, are you holding up your nose more because of Lonzo or LeVar? If he had a normal dad that you didn't even really know anything about, would you be holding your nose up for Lonzo as the new rookie point guard for the Lakers? Yes. It's all a bar. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. Because, uh-huh. because with, with Lonzo, I think he's a fantastic talent. Don't Don't get me wrong, but – what killed it for me, and, and this is just me being probably old, is I could see the tournament game, he checked out. He checked out of the game. And, and that, yeah. to me, is, is one of those inexcusable things. He totally checked out. He couldn't get going against Fox. And he, and he just checked out. And, and that, to me, is a, is a mm-hmm. bigger sign. Uh, of anything. I mean, he was rolling, you know, the regular season game, you know, yeah. when, when everything was going good. But, you know, right. I, we've covered this before. Give me, you know, Fox, Monk, Bam, who were just devastated with the loss. Give me that, uh, even over some more talented guys. So that's what soured me on uh, Ball, not, not Daddy Ball. And, and I've got you know, I've written about it. We've talked about him before, but I'm able to separate the two. Okay, right, right. Well, cool, man. We squeezed a lot in, had a lot of fun. It'll be more of the same next week, as we'll have a Kentucky football game to talk about. Uh, as Mississippi State game will have been played, uh, a lot of other games in SEC that will be keeping track of as well. Um, you didn't get to talk about that, but we will. Florida, you know, law averages caught up with them. Talk about that. <clears throat> well, the scoreboard watching we'll be doing with, you know, Georgia uh, and the rest of the East as Kentucky tries to continue to climb up uh, and make some noise in that division. Uh, NBA is here two weeks early. We don't have to wait till the end of the month, TB, so we were loving that. Uh, Dodgers and Cubs tonight. Cubs might get swept. Michelle Morton tweeted us that don't be slamming her Cubs, but they're in some trouble. So we'll see if they can get up off the mat tonight. All that, as well as all the other Kentucky sports besides revenue sports and anything else that comes our way, plus the Cowboys and Niners and all that next Wednesday. Uh, had a ball this evening and looking forward to doing it again in seven days. Check out Terry and myself on CameronMillsRadio.com. Always got some stuff working or brewing, and it's always fun to write it and talk about it, and always fun to do this show. So, man, have a good rest of the evening. Not going to wish your Lakers the best, but have fun watching them as they open up their season tonight. Ouch, that hurt. <laughs> <laughs>
That hurts. But, yeah, great show. Thanks to the Kentucky Taste Buds for coming on and chopping it up with us. Enjoyed that. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thank you, Vinny. We'll do it again next week. Absolutely. For my man, Terry T. Next Wednesday, on Cat Talk Wednesday, y'all take care.